Welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast where we ask a handful of questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. I am your host, Greg Manuel, and every week through my work with the Churches Helping Churches, ABC Nebraska, my ongoing writing projects, and serving as a faculty mentor to seminary students, I get to partner with Christian leaders, entrepreneurs, missionaries, and ministers of the church in a variety of contexts. I am always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches network together for mission and ministry. So that's the purpose of this podcast, to share the stories of people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. This season, we are meeting with our friends and global servants with international ministries. My hope is that we learn how we can partner with them by supporting their ministry efforts around the world, but also how we can utilize their gifts and talents as partners in our local churches as well. So be sure to check out the show notes for links to their ministry and how you can contact them. My guests today are Amanda and John Good, who serve through ministries of evangelism, discipleship, education, and theological education in partnership with the Baptist Union of Hungary. They live in the city of Debrecen. Amanda assists with education at the school managed by the Baptist Church there in Debrecen, as well as uh, those managed by the Hungarian Baptist Aid. She also helps with discipleship ministries of the Baptist Church in Debrecen. John assists with the Baptist Church there with its evangelistic outreach, church planting, and church development ministries. He also helps with the training of Christian leaders through the Union's Seminary. Amanda and John both work with the church planting efforts through the Baptist uh, Hungarian Baptist Aid. But since the war in Ukraine began, they've also been giving aid to refugees passing through their town. Some refugees are only with them for a night or two before moving on to other parts of Europe. But as the conflict has continued into the present, more long-term assistance is becoming necessary. The Goods and their Baptist partners in and around Hungary have been helping refugees find housing, enroll in school, and find work. And they continue to walk with them by providing spiritual care and sharing the gospel in such a chaotic time. John and Amanda Good, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. It's a joy to be with you and all the great churches in the Nebraska region. Very good. Well, you've been here before very shortly. We have a little bit of a connection. Your daughter served at Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center for a summer. Um, But just so that everybody else gets to know you a little bit, uh, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Great. Thank you. Well, I served as a, a pastor for about 18 years before um, accepting a call to international ministry. My wife, Amanda, uh, was a music teacher uh, in that same length of time. Um, You know, we grew up, uh, I grew up in a Christian home and um, grew up actually in a pastor's home. So I I wasn't necessarily interested in pastoral ministry, but you know how God works. (laughs) That's another call story for another day, but God called me into pastoral ministry and then called Amanda and I uh, together in marriage. And so that has really been something we've loved and, and shared together. But after, after 18 years of American Baptist pastoral ministry, um, we were afforded a wonderful opportunity to take sabbatical. And uh, we were uh, gifted with a grant from the uh, Lilly Endowment. So we were able to travel to um, two countries, Italy and the Republic of Georgia. It was really in the Republic of Georgia that God spoke to us and called us out of our comfort zone. We were, we were very happy 
uh, outside of um, Detroit, Michigan, where I was pastoring a, a very nice church. And Amanda had a very nice uh, music education job in the public schools. Yeah. But in the Republic of Georgia, we saw God working in some amazing ways. Um, we had for years packed uh, the uh, Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child okay. Shoe Boxes because yeah. uh, we have four children yeah. and uh, we think that that's a great way to, to begin teaching mission to children. And, you know, yeah. you give something that you, you value to somebody else. And uh, so we would send the kids into the stores and they would buy things for the shoe box and uh, oftentimes they would think, oh, dad, I, I don't want to give it. Can I have it? And while well, I said, the point is we're trying to teach you to give <laughs> things right. that you like. So when we got to Georgia, we saw that they'd received these shoe boxes and they were like, wow, kids, this is a cool opportunity to teach. You know, here, look, this is some of the mission. Perhaps our box went here. Who knows? Well, we had uh, several weeks we were there in Georgia and the last couple of weeks, we toured with uh, a young man from the Baptist church who was starting his business and he, he took us everywhere, but the coolest place was his own home mm. where, where he took us to his parents. And there we met his niece, uh, a little uh, young lady named Sopo. Um, she spoke English, so she instantly connected with our children, about the same age as my youngest daughter. And um, the kids noticed in her room that she had received one of those shoe boxes. Awesome. And that was really cool that she didn't have a lot. You know, we, we were very, uh, the kids, you know, had everything, you know, uh, American teenager and kids are they, so much compared to the rest of the world. But this little girl didn't have much at all other than what was in this shoebox. And after they had spent time, they said, Dad, Mom, we, we think that the things in the shoebox were the things that we gave them with a we packed in the shoebox a year before. They had recognized a little uh, uh purple uh, hairbrush and a squirt gun and a teddy bear and a pack of Crayola markers. And, you know, we thought, wow, I mean, who knows? What are the odds of that? Exactly. And, and, but, you know, in Christ, all things are possible. And that's clearly within the realm of, of his doing. And what was most important was the kids thought that was the reality. That is so cool. That's so fun. So um, the coolest thing that happened though, was when we were leaving and, uh, we were getting ready. Uh, our tour guide was taking us to the airport in Tbilisi, and he brought gifts to us and to the children from this little girl named Sopo. And what she had done is she had uh, created a little art, a little card for each of the kids with a little note and a little picture. Then she'd given gifts. She had taken that pack of Crayola markers and divided it into four. So each of the kids got two of those markers and and she'd given that little squirt gun and that little stuffed animal uh, to our children, and we got on the plane, and we were we were really moved that this this little girl who practically had so little uh, gave what she had, which wasn't much, to our children who had who had a lot. Yeah. And you know, uh, we thought about that, and we prayed about that in the weeks and months after that experience, and it impacted our entire family. And so we we really discerned and prayed that that was God's way of calling us. Uh, to leave behind a fairly comfortable way of life and to follow him on the mission field uh, and and to to give back out of the blessing that he gave to us. So, so that was sort of our call story, why we went into international mission. Amanda will tell you a little bit about how we ended up specifically in the country of Hungary. 
Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Amanda, tell us, how, how did you guys shift from um, being local church there in Michigan? And you had this amazing experience that opened you up to the possibility of mission, but still at that point had no like clear definition of what that meant. Um, so how do you go from that to being residents in Hungary with international missionaries? That's very true. And how do you do that with four kids between the ages of yeah. seven and 15? You know, right. people say you're not supposed to do that kind of thing with with children, especially teenagers. But it was so amazing that God used the experience we'd had in Georgia really to touch all of our hearts. So mm -hmm. the kids were not only open, but enthusiastic about the idea. <laughs> so we got back. So, so would you say then that maybe uh, they drove the original impulse? And and then everybody was called like like they brought you with them with their heart permission. Or do you think it was um, I don't know. I mean, out of a family of five, like like who who do, who was called first, I guess, is the question. And did everybody else have to catch up or was this like a family meeting? We just all sat down and discerned this is what's next. That's a good question. Um, John had been on short term mission trips to Eastern Europe a number of times, including Russia and Belarus and the Czech Republic. And when he went to Belarus, um, it was some years before he had taken Rachel, our oldest child, mm -hmm. with him. So Rachel was 11 on her first mission trip. Yeah. And uh, I was a public school teacher, a middle school public school teacher. And one of the things that I, I felt and we felt as we looked at these young adolescents is that it's really important for uh, preteens and young adolescents to get a chance to see a culture that's not their own and to give them an idea that there's more to the world than just their own sphere of, of influence. So um, it was a big blessing for us that we got to take all the kids out to see um, some things in the rest of the world and, and to see joy expressed in different ways. People will say, oh, you did that, so they'll appreciate what they have. No, not really. It was more to see that, that there's joy, that God is at work, that there's just more happening in the world than what you see right in front of you. So that's cool. Um, so I don't know. I remember Andrew was six when we were walking the streets of Tbilisi and he said to John, Daddy, are we going home? Um, and that John said, well, you know, maybe in about three weeks we'll be going home, um, you know, but we've got to wait a little bit for our plane tickets. And he said, no, 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 I don't mean home. I mean home here. And and it was really interesting that he began to realize maybe before we did that home was where God put you at the moment. Yeah. So we've we've developed that kind of into a family motto that home is where God calls you to be. Hey. So so I don't know if there was I mean you you and you probably felt the call first. I don't know. It's a it's a that's a tricky it's <laughs> yeah, a great question. question. Um Sorry. but I it was not on the pre-crafted questions. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. But I would tell you that our oldest, um of course being the oldest and being eleven with her first mission trip really uh, had a significant role for the rest of the kids. When we moved to Hungary, she really, you know, she was a freshman in high school. So she chose to leave, you know, after her freshman year in high school and, and embrace a whole new culture, a whole new language. The kids learned, you know, they went immediately into Hungarian public schools and um, she chose and the other kids followed suit. They're like, well, we're going to be missional about this. We want to embrace the culture. We want to communicate uh, the good news of Jesus as best we can. So it was cool. It was really cool to see the kids really own that. 
the the process was that we we got back in late summer we contacted im in october i think we went to a hear the call retreat which if anyone is contemplating mission even a little bit it's a really great opportunity for people you can go there's often scholarships available and you can just begin the process for some people discerning a call might be very quick for others it might take years so it's it's not a bad time to go whenever wherever somebody is in their their discernment but after we went to the Hear the Call retreat, we really decided that, yeah, God God was definitely pulling us toward international ministries and international missions, both. So we began to pray with Rachel, the oldest. Um, we didn't uh, bring the younger ones on board at the time for different reasons, but um, the next stage was a lot of interviews for us and, and um, placements, you know, um, discernment about what were our gifts, how could they be used, what was our call, where was our call. And we weren't entirely sure at first, but the more we looked at options, we realized that John's previous experiences in Eastern Europe were making sense and our hearts kind of beat along that drum. So when we found out that in Hungary, um, they were not only looking for someone to help in the schools with teaching, but they also were looking for people to partner with them in evangelism and outreach. Our ears really perked up because that was something that was really exciting. But the kids came into play in that um, sometimes missionaries choose different educational choices for their children, for example, homeschool or um, an English-speaking international school that's mainly designed for expats. Yeah. But Hungary was a place where our kids could actually attend public schools. And because of the experiences that they had had uh, internationally before, they didn't want to go and live in a bubble. They wanted to come and be part of, of life here. So that's a large part of how we ended up in Hungary. Pretty cool. Yeah, my dad was uh, military, and I went to some uh-huh. DOD schools, and then we would go uh-huh. to international schools. So uh, I never had the experience of of going to a, like a Korean school where we lived for a while. Um, I think it might have been a very different experience for me, and it would have been really cool to have tried that um, in retrospect. My 40-year-old self says, oh, if only you had tried that. You might know two languages now. <laughs> um, but you're right. It is a little bit of a bubble, and and I never had to learn fluently the language or anything because of that and you know there's there's some give and take with all that so exactly it's not for everybody but it was definitely how god was calling us that's good that's good that's great so tell me then um what is happening you guys are in hungary your whole family's there you're participating in the the baptist church there you're also part of uh hungarian baptist aid you guys are just really it sounds like involved in a ton of stuff so um just give us some highlights what's what's the everyday ministry for you? Well, um, there, there's kind of two things that, that, that two pieces really, the one is just how the community, you know, we, um, we started with partnership mentality. I mean, that's, that's so important in our missiology. I believe that we partner with what, what God is doing. We partner with each other, that no one gets to be the sole source of, of the good news of Jesus. I mean, we, we are in this together. So we came and we partner with the Hungarian Baptist churches. And, you know, after our language study, we discerned with some of the church leadership, how should we start some outreach ministry? Mm-hmm. And um, so we meet with a crew of some leaders and um, they're, they're excited about it. 
Um, but they have some very different ideas than we do from our American context. They um, they think, oh, we should let's do a, a Bible study, and um, let's do it in English. Now, I, we weren't real excited about that because we just finished a year of studying Hungarian. <laughs> so you know, like, well, okay, we can do English. Um, sure, you don't want us to teach Hungarian or or work with you know or anything like that. They know we want English. We want you to do it just as if you were teaching back in the states at that level, normal speaking, teaching English. And then they said, "Well, Bible study." And I'm thinking, "Well, yeah, you typically outreach events don't usually start with Bible study, but you know." And then they said, "Well, let's do it on Monday night." Uh, again, this this logic kicks into me and think, oh, if, if you're going to start an outreach ministry, Monday night is not usually the night that you you do that. And then they think, well, let's do it every other week. And, you know, we're thinking, oh, no. <laughs> but but we partner. We really do. We listen to what what the what the spirit is doing there. Yeah. And, um, you know, honestly, at first it gets a little discouraging because we're two weeks. You know, we get three people. Two weeks later, we get four people. Two weeks after that, we, we get a high of six people. Then we go, we go back to four people. We're starting to get discouraged. And um, we're thinking, Lord, have we, have we missed, have we missed the, the, the outreach opportunity here? If you sent us, have you sent us to Hungary to do a Bible study for four people? And so we're, we're beginning to pray, Lord, is there an exit strategy? How do we, how do we get out of this ministry and start something else? And, and, and but we say, Lord, we want to trust you. Just help us. And in that very next, I tell you, the very next Bible study, we met a young couple who came and they were so excited about the opportunity. They wanted to help. They wanted to serve and they wanted to meet every week. That was, <laughs> that was so exciting. Yeah. So we did. We started meeting every week and they brought their friends and then their friends brought their friends and their friends brought their friends. And within a month or so, we were reaching 40 some people from all over the world. God, God grew that Bible study that fast. Um, and it was all in his timing and in his way. And we're so thankful now. I mean, now we have launched a church um, out of that community. And uh, we're already on our third. We're, we're beginning in two weeks, our third location, because we've outgrown the first and the second. And so we're, we're actually meeting now in the church sanctuary because it's the only place that can fit um, the size of our congregation right now. So cool. it, it's really a humbling, a humbling experience for us to, to know you just you have to trust God. Yeah. That God is at work and God actually cares about people more than we do. So we have to trust <laughs> turns God. out. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing story i love it it's uh god did you send us to hungry to do a bible study for four people well and, and he didn't even say that of the four people that was that counting you and me I'm not i sure. don't know no but yeah. and one of them our regulars was about to move to budapest and you yeah. know it just there were other factors that just looked like what are we doing yeah yeah pretty cool and that's exciting. That's a good story of um, just staying faithful, listening, trusting your partner's um, intuition of what works contextually in that space and time. And um, very cool. All right. So what else is going on? Well, um, I also partner with the, the the Hungarian Baptist Church does an interesting thing where they are different churches in Hungary partner with public schools. It sounds weird okay. to our American ears. Sure. They they are not parochial schools, but they they like choose a, a school, a public school to invest in. And so okay. they provide lots of love and care for the school. 
So in my particular case, this our uh, church sponsors one small elementary school that has eight classrooms, um, one for each grade, first through eighth grade. So what I do there is I go in for one class a week um, with each grade level, and I do conversational English practice. It's a little tricky because there's up to 30 kids in the class and just mm -hmm. one of me. So yeah. one of my favorite things to do is bring volunteers along. And uh, those can be from the English Bible study now or from the new church or our daughter Sarah goes a lot. Yeah. Or even sometimes we have short-term teams that come over and visit. And then we can play games and talk and do different things like that. So it's good. And Jesus uh, is lifted up. And um, the kids are well integrated into um, uh, invitations to different ministries at the church. So it's it's a loving approach to shining bright for Jesus without being in any way oppressive uh, to the kids. Nice opportunity to be able to lift up the Lord. Awesome. Very good. It's, um, it's also, just yeah. on that same note, a wonderful opportunity when partner churches um, really, if they want to put their feet actually in the mission field, uh, it's a great way to do that because, you know, the partnership opportunity is really pretty uh, it's a plentiful here in in Hungary, and so getting into the school, sharing with the kids, is something they love. They really appreciate um, Americans who come over and will make that investment. So, are you inviting our churches to come visit you yes. in Hungary? Yes, we are. All right, we'll put the word out. Big, yeah, <laughs> there's a big disconnect between Hungarian and English. Okay. Um, for an English speaker to learn Hungarian, it's like right up there with Vietnamese and just under Japanese and Arabic, really difficult because of the grammar. And yeah. the same is flip-flopped for uh, Hungarians that want to learn English. So you meet a lot of people that studied it in school, but they can't speak. Mm. So when we give them the opportunity to practice their English with a native English speaker who's not going to judge them yeah. and to, who loves on them and encourages them, it really can make a difference in, in a person's ability to communicate in English. So it's it's a twofold ministry. A short-term team can come over and give people practical life skills as well as love on them in the name of Jesus. So, yes, y'all come. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love to come. Uh, it reminds me of my biblical studies classes where you learn Greek and Hebrew. Can't speak any of it. I can read it. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm reading half the time. So that's why we have lexicons and stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the current situation in Hungary. We know it's a nearby country to Ukraine. I think it's a thought that's on everyone's mind. So we're just name the elephant in the room. What's what's your experience like in Eastern Europe in a time of of, of violence and conflict? And, and what have some of the ministries that have maybe been born out of that experience. Yeah. Well, it's it's an example of being at the right place at the right time. And, you know, in God's great plan uh, for, for us to be here, I think is part of that. So when the war broke out, uh, we, we are one of the bordering countries of Ukraine. And so um, actually, Debritsen is about an hour from the Ukrainian border. So when the refugees uh, began to, especially early on, um, a large number of them came into and through Hungary. So the first few weeks of that, pretty much everybody was just doing absolutely everything. It was it was um, sad, but it was beautiful at the same time. It was sad to see the need, but it was beautiful to see people uh, opening homes, helping as as best they could. We uh, the church uh, for the first few weeks was 
at capacity and uh, everyone i think has seen the pictures and the mattresses just everywhere and that's exactly what we did we had mattresses um and probably within that first week when they were just at capacity they, they knew we had a home that had some space and so they said can you take a family and so we did we took actually with two families that came that night and uh and that was sort of the start of of us just opening our home to people who needed help and we you know we don't we didn't want to call the refugees ref i mean they are refugees but to us they're they're guests I, I think you know in this time that one of the things we can treat treat refugees as guests people who you know they've had to flee they've had to uh, leave their homes you know families vocations it's, it's so hard to understand yeah. so we had uh, a few families that that spent just a few nights, um, you know, and we were amazed with each family. They brought a story of how God was working. Uh, one of the families was uh, involved in a church and they met another family at the border coming into Hungary. And so that's how we ended up with two families, because this other family, they were Christian. They decided they're going to reach out and they invited the other family to come with them. And so they they're serving, they're sharing the hope of Jesus as they flee. And, and you know, they told us about the missiles flying overhead over their heads. And I just the thought of that being evangelical, sharing your faith as you as you're fleeing for your lives is quite uh, is quite a thing. Uh, we had another family that came and it was a really large. They said they said six, uh, six were a family of six were coming. We thought that would be, you know, two adults and four children, but that's actually, that was six children and the two adults. And I don't know how they all fit into, it was a Chrysler minivan they were driving. And the, in this family, they pull up, it's, it's, you know, two in the morning or so they're so tired. And, and this minivan is, oh, it, it looks horrible. And, uh, the next day we, we see that, uh, that it's leaking something from the the under the engine we take it try to get it fixed and we can't find the part and the the, the father of the family with such hope because he's a christian with such hope he says well you know it's okay i'm gonna put i put cooking oil in it and, and it works so uh, it's probably a power steering uh, component that they couldn't replace but this this uh mini minivan is running on cooking oil and he says, oh, we made it through Ukraine on coffee and prayer. So oh, <laughs> it was such an encouraging thing. Uh, wow. They had so they had six kids uh, with them. And the sad part of that story is that they actually had seven kids, but the oldest was 18 year old boy. And the men in Ukraine are not allowed to leave the country. And so when they got to the border, they had they had to leave him behind. And and but they they were so hopeful about it. They said, well, we trust the Lord. We trust that God has a plan and that he will take care of them and take care of them. And we just we found such hope and such encouragement in their testimony, even as they they were fleeing. Um, we had another family. And if you want to share. So we were contacted uh, by another um, person in, in a, who were we contacted by? They were with another church group that they knew of a family, a mom and a few children that had tested positive for COVID and they couldn't go into the normal places. They needed some place to shelter for a week. Um, could we take them? And so John went up to the border in our car um, to try to find them and had an interesting experience finally making contact with a woman who spoke a little bit of English, but, you know, it, it was quite a, an interesting experience. And we didn't have car seats yet. And the baby was 18 months old. And 
it, just a very different time. But um, we brought them back to our house and uh, tried to be radically hospitable to them. And the, the star of the show was probably our dog, Pepper. Um, the five-year-old little girl was just in love with him, and and it was like doggy therapy. <laughs> but they had to leave um, the father of the family just over the border. Um, he couldn't come through. So if you could imagine what that was like for Peter sending his family across. And they stayed with us for about three weeks, and we were able to find a more permanent um, housing situation for them in Budapest. And so we we then um, helped them uh, it, while they were with us, though, we were buying clothes and contact lenses and toys and car seats and all with donations that were sent from faithful people in the U.S. So and with, with all the families, we were supplying food and bedding and things for them to travel on. And it was all we couldn't believe how generous and giving everyone was to just keep providing these things. So we were really able to help a lot, um, um, both um, physically and hopefully in some other ways as well. But we took them to Budapest and they stayed there for a couple of months and they decided that they were going to be better off back in Ukraine with the dad of the family, but just over the border. So the whole family went back to Ukraine, but they're staying just over the border uh, across from Hungary. And there they're serving in ministry and they're helping um, to renovate old buildings to accommodate other refugees. They're putting on Bible schools. Some of my favorite pictures are of this family with the dad in a Superman outfit, um, <laughs> passing out <laughs> games and toys to kids. And, you know, that the Ukrainian Christians are just stepping up in incredible ways at, at risk to themselves because at any point someone could come through and draft all the men, you know? So it's, it's quite scary um, for everybody. Yeah. But it's, it's good news to, to hear how the family is, you know, they needed to, to be here in that moment and now they're back and uh, they found a, a situation that's working and they're serving the Lord. Yeah. It's been a, a real growth for them. And we continue um, so we we found another family that needed some assistance, and um, this is kind of where we are currently. Um, we um, there's a, a a young mother, and she has four children, and they um, had uh, came to Hungary initially, but they were staying in temporary housing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, you know, with, with temporary housing, you're thinking, you know, it really is basically just a mattress on the floor, and you know, you may or may not have a shower depending on which particular location you're at. And but she has nothing, no place to go back to in Ukraine. So we wanted to help in a, in a more substantial way. And so what we've been able to do in partnership, in partnership with with the new church here that we call International Baptist Church of Debritson, uh, another local church that is also helping this family, and um, our Baptist Social Services in Hungary. So we're partnering with with two other organizations here in Hungary to provide long-term care and support for this family. So what with that, we're able to, uh, we basically, she has an apartment that we've rented um, and we're, we're able with some of the social services to provide regular food for her. Um, even the social services have helped her find work. So the mother is working um, while she's here and the other church has helped get the kids enrolled in school. And so, you know, it's it's a beautiful story, again, of how when we partner with each other, yeah. um, we can really have a, a pretty significant impact yeah. in the lives of, of people. So um, 
man, you guys are just doing so much and witnessing so many things and experiencing um, almost like acts level Holy Spirit stuff happening in and through the, the ministries that you're doing because it's just really just unleashed and people are responding in, in really positive ways. Um, tell us then as American Baptists in Nebraska, how we can partner with you. How can um, we support what you are doing there on the ground in Hungary, but also maybe how can we partner with you and and, and utilize all these amazing skills and gifts that you are sharing with, with Hungary here in Nebraska? Oh, that's a that's a great question, uh, we, and we appreciate that question because first thing we want to do is thank you yes, because thank you already you so American Baptist Churches of Nebraska are already on mission in some wonderful ways, and and a lot of that some uh, of what you're doing is here in Hungary, even through us, and so we thank you for that. And of course, financially is one way uh, to partner, and and we will will tell our partnering churches and regions. You know, this mission that's happening is your mission. We just we just happen to be the ones here uh, doing it. But without that support and, and prayer and finances, we wouldn't be here. So so that that is one way. Um, but but we're also very serious about that invitation. Yeah. Uh, if churches want to come or if a region uh, team wants to come and put boots on the ground, that, that was the phrase we use here, boots on the ground here in Hungary, we really could use the help. Um, not only with the schools, but with the new church and um, a lot of outreach, evangelism, training opportunities. We just we just never seem to have enough people uh, to do what needs to be done. So we would love to talk with with churches, um, with teams interested in uh, seeing what God is doing firsthand experience here in in Hungary. Okay, very good. I, I would also say that uh, in the next year we're actually going to be headed your way okay so in less than a year so actually starting we're august now july of next year we will be on home assignment okay so we would love to to make our way to nebraska and uh share stories and you know, any way that we can encourage you in your mission yeah. uh in your discipleship ministries but we really do believe that mission is to everywhere from everywhere. And as much as you are on mission in Hungary, uh, we believe the Hungarians can be on mission in Nebraska. Yes. And we would love to, to see how God could unfold that and God could, could grow that kind of ministry. Yeah. One of the things that I know you're passionate about, Greg, is hospitality ministry. Yes, I yep. remember your, your book, Table with Table 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 Life, Life yeah. Table life, table life, sorry, <laughs> table life. But um, it's been a, a real unique opportunity for us here to utilize hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's something we can encourage one another to do both here. Hospitality is welcome everywhere. And it's made a huge difference in, in how ministry is done with us here, both with the English Bible study, um, with the refugees, um, but in so many different ways. I don't know if any of your churches are in towns that have uh, an international student population, but maybe they need a Bible study. You know, who knows? It could be an interesting thing to see how God could use something here to to help grow something there and vice versa. Absolutely. And we'd love to partner with you and uh, be able to contact you and ask questions on on how how you start one of those and how you serve in hospitable ways i mean you used the term guest earlier for the refugees so that i mean it just shows kind of the, the heart 
uh, position necessary to to do that sort of ministry well. Um, so then tell us a little bit, how, how can we connect with you? Do you have websites? Do you have emails? Do you have things that people can follow? Probably the, the best way to contact us is just go to the International Ministries website. Okay. And if you go and you look for Global Servants under Good, you can find us. And it's usually easy for people to remember our name. <laughs> but uh, we do have um, some some stuff on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's And um, I guess that's about it right now. Um, but we would be very happy if on the International Ministries website, if anyone wants to get regular updates, mm-hmm. sometimes we send uh, specific prayer requests to people yeah. that we wouldn't publish on the website. So you can sign up for our newsletters and journals there. That would be great. Okay. Um, you can reach us um, uh, that way with email is probably the best way for us. Yeah. And we'd love to know, because we take our partnerships very seriously, and we would love to know how we can also pray for uh, the Nebraska Baptist, how we can pray for God is at work in your region. And uh, you have a region uh, with a reputation of being being missional, and that's wonderful. So we we want to encourage you, and we want to pray for you, and, and that God would work uh, in your towns, in your cities, and in, in your state as well. Very good. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on Mission in Five, the podcast. I think we asked more than five questions this time, but I appreciate your hospitality and for being part of the show. Thanks. All right, it's been our us. joy. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, everyone. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mission in Five, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you will be notified every time we produce a new episode, introducing you to another ministry practitioner or missionary engaging in God's mission in their unique context, whether it be in Nebraska, around the country, or somewhere else in the world. If you like the guests and the content, take a moment to rate and review the podcast on your favorite streaming platform and share it with your friends and family on your larger social media networks. Check out the show notes for links and contact information to every single one of our guests and some current events and other links to news articles and things that might impact their mission and ministry. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes and feel free to support us by giving through PayPal on our abcnebraska.com website. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.